You are listening to the Genesis Podcast, a community of faith, love, and hope. As we look to the scriptures, it is our desire to embolden one another to change the world by effectively representing Jesus Christ. Good morning. I'm glad you're here with us this morning. Before we start, we do want to take time and pause. Uh, Crazy events happening locally around us, and we recognize that it affects so many people. And I do want to address these things a little bit more probably after the holidays. Maybe we can do just kind of a series that deals with fear and deals with the world that we live in and how are we to conduct ourselves with all that is taking place, there is so much discussion, there is so much anger, uh, there are so many questions, and uh, we know that the Lord has the answer for all these things. So let's come before him, not only for this morning, but on behalf of those people who have been affected tragically uh, by the events last week. Father, We are becoming accustomed to hearing bad news, but it strikes a little bit closer to our heart when it's closer to home. And Lord, we do pray for the families who have lost the people they loved through this tragic event, Lord, through this horrific event. Father, we thank you for the protection by the law enforcement and all those people who ran to the scene when everything naturally would tell us to run away. And Lord, I pray for all of us here who maybe are are anxious because of these things, who are maybe fearful, who, who go to events now wondering, will this happen here? And Lord, I pray that we would Put our trust in you, not blindly or foolishly, but actually. Lord, that tomorrow is in your hands. We want to be wise in how we live today. But we also want to entrust every day of our life to you. And so I pray, Lord, that you would give us strength that could be given to others, that you would give us the ability to give hope to those who are living in fear because we have hope. And Lord, I pray that even as we are in this season remembering your birth, Father, that we would remember that you were born to change the world. And may we continue that revolution today. And we thank you again for your goodness, your mercy. And we ask your blessing in Jesus' name. Amen. Last week, when we spoke about the hope of Christ, that God broke into time and space in the person of Jesus to bring change, it was for events like what happened last week. These kinds of events have been happening since the time of Christ and are happening still. And we can live as if that is the only reality, or we can live in a way that we believe that we can actually bring the kingdom of heaven 
to the people around us by how we live, by how we conduct ourselves, and how we influence the world around us. Because people are hungry for peace. A peace that the world is unable to give, but a peace that God is able to give. And how, how can we enter into that role? And one of the things that's necessary is for us to have empathy. And empathy, a definition of empathy, it's defined as the ability to share someone else's feelings and emotions and often referred to as putting oneself into another's shoes. You see, this is more than just being sympathetic where we feel sorry for a situation, sorry for a person. This is taking that extra step where we feel what they feel, where we actually are affected by the things that are affecting them. I know many of you here have taken the Strengths Finder where you go through a series answer a series of questions and afterwards they give you the top five strengths, those things that you lean to, those things that are part of your natural characteristics. And I know my wife, one of her top five is empathy. And you can see it. If you know her, you know that that's one of her top five. She'll see someone sitting alone and she goes, oh, I wonder if they want to be invited. Oh, I wonder if someone should go out and say, she feels alone just seeing them sitting alone. Me, I think, well, they probably want peace and quiet and they went there. That's what I would do, right? <laughs> but she feels they're alone. Someone needs to reach out to them because she actually feels that. She's empathetic. And when we are able to step into a place where we actually feel the things that others are feeling, then we're able to step into a place where we can actually help. Turn with me to Hebrews chapter 4. The writer of Hebrews is talking to and writing to the Jewish believers who have come to faith in Christ. But as they've come to faith in Christ, the church has been severely persecuted. And so here they come to a place, well, we've accepted Jesus as our Messiah. Remember, in the Hebrew mind, Messiah meant deliverer. It meant someone who was going to bring fulfillment. And now what's happening is they are suffering under intense persecution. And that persecution now is causing them to think, what have we done? We, we've come into this place where we've believed in Jesus, but things actually have gotten more difficult. And so many of them are wondering, should we turn back? Should we go back to our old ways? We didn't suffer this intense persecution. Then maybe we, we made a mistake. And so the writer of Hebrews throughout the, the first part of these chapters has been telling them that Jesus is better than the angels. The Old Testament, many times God would deliver a message through these messengers, these angels. But Jesus is a voice that is better than theirs. He, he tells them that Jesus 
is better than Moses. Moses delivered the law. Jesus has come and he has actually fulfilled the law that we could not keep. Jesus is better than Moses. Jesus has given us a rest that is ongoing. It's not just a Sabbath that is one day, but it is the rest that God had intended for us to have. And in chapter 4, starting at verse 14, the writer says, Therefore, since these things that Jesus is better, that Jesus has given us this rest, therefore, since we have a great high priest who has ascended into heaven, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to the faith we profess. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weakness. But we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are. Yet he did not sin. Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. These verses are not just giving us information. They're giving us an invitation. They're giving us an invitation to come before God with confidence. And, and the reason we can have confidence, the writer is telling us, is because this Jesus, who is our high priest, has ascended into the heavens. Now, in the, the Jewish mind, there were three heavens. There was the atmosphere, the blue skies that we are getting to enjoy right now. There is the stars and the universe that we know beyond that. And then there is the dwelling place of God. And Jesus has entered into the, the dwelling place of God. And it tells us that he is seated on the right hand of God. Now, the high priest would not sit. The high priest would stand because he was doing the duties of the high priest. He was offering the sacrifices. But Jesus is sitting because he has completed those duties. It is finished. And so now he is able to sit. Now the rest and the peace of God is able to be enjoyed because that work is completed, this high priest is before God, but he's before God on our behalf. And the invitation is for us to enter into God's presence with confidence because who this high priest is and what he has done has made it possible for us to enjoy the relationship and the fellowship with God. And as he invites us into this, I have to be honest, there are times when I don't live as if this is true. There are times where I know I can trust Jesus for the big things, for my salvation. I can trust Jesus for those things that are, you know, justification. But there are times when I just feel that God isn't interested in the argument I'm having with my wife. Or maybe it's not so much that he's interested. I just don't want to go before him with the argument, maybe because I've got issues. And when it says that we can go to him because he has empathy for us, 
Some, some translations will say he sympathizes for us, but it's not like, again, I feel sorry for you. It's the, I empathize. I, I feel what you feel. I know what you're going through. And this understanding that Jesus actually knows what it is you're feeling. He knows where you're at. Sometimes that's hard for me to imagine. And, and I forget that Jesus has experienced these things. He's experienced hunger, thirst, weariness. He's experienced poverty. He's experienced grief, abandonment, loneliness, being misunderstood, that he was angry, that he's experienced hatred from others, sadness, physical abuse, betrayal, rejection, and even shame. Remember, Jesus was crucified on a cross, a symbol of being a thief, the the symbol of being a criminal. He was stripped, naked, hung on a cross, symbolizing you are nothing but a criminal to be put in a position where you did nothing wrong and you're being labeled as a criminal for the world to see, he understands shame. And you see, empathy is having an understanding of what you're experiencing. And sometimes I may think, I don't know if you go here, but I think, well, Jesus didn't experience everything I experienced. He was never married. He doesn't know what it's like to deal with that relationship. You know, he didn't live in our time, in our day and age, so he doesn't know all the things that we go through. Jesus didn't have the temptation of internet porn because it wasn't there then. But it doesn't take away the fact that he was tempted in the areas that are similar to the things that we are tempted in, and it doesn't take away his ability to empathize. I remember when my son was in school, was actually at this school, He came to school and he was excited. You know, when you go to school, you get the kids the new clothes and they're always excited. They lay out their new clothes. This is what I'm going to wear. The girls more than the guys, but we got the boys new shoes. And of course, we had four kids. So when you got to get shoes for four children, you get what you can get. And so we went to Target and we got them these shoes and they were called skaters. They were like an SK and an eight or something like that. And they were skater shoes. And so he thought he had skater shoes. And so he went to school with his skaters and he was all excited. And he's like, oh, yeah, everyone's got their clothes on. And his friends looked at him and what kind of shoes are those? He goes, these are skaters. And they're like, skaters? I never heard of those. He didn't have the Etnies. He didn't have the DCs. He didn't have the Vans. And one of the kids says, oh, I think those are from Target. Dun, da, dun, dun, boom, right? The hammer falls. What? Yeah, your skater shoes are just secondhand shoes from Target. You got less than shoes. And I remember him coming home, and you could read it on his face. You know, what's wrong? Well, they said my shoes were just Target shoes. They were. Yeah, so? They're good shoes. They're skaters. <laughs> yeah, trying to sell it, right? Well, they're not etnies. Of course they're not etnies. Etnies cost 80 bucks. These are skaters. They cost 20. 
But the four of you, it was 80 bucks, so we, we count, okay? But I could feel the disappointment. Him not wanting to wear skaters the next day because they're not those shoes. Now, I, I didn't have to wear those shoes, and I didn't have to have that kind of criticism, but I could feel what he was feeling. I could see it. And as parents, we are drawn to that empathetic place, aren't we? When something happens to your kids, it happens to you. You feel it. And so here is Jesus entering into this place where he feels and understands what you go through, what you experience. God cared enough to step in to our lives. Emmanuel, God is with us. And that empathy brings us to a place where we can have the freedom to talk because we know he understands. Last night we had a great time at the Connect. Those of you who weren't there, you missed out. I know we were limited in space, but boy, it was a lot of fun. The food was great. The conversation was good. And one of the things we we talked about in our conversation was this feeling free to talk to someone and not be judged, not be condemned, not feel as if they don't understand you. If you're talking to someone in a, regarding your marriage or a relationship, a counselor, and you're able to open the, up to that person, you want that person to be able to take all that you're giving them and have empathy. That sense of, I can tell you And you understand where I'm at. You understand what I'm feeling. And it makes a world of difference. It gives you the freedom to actually share what is truly happening. And you see, that's what we're being told here. That because Jesus has stepped into this place, because he empathizes with us, he knows exactly what you're going through, that you can come with all of it. And he understands. And he is an example for us to follow. Turn with me to Philippians chapter 2. Philippians chapter 2, starting at verse 1, Paul writes, Therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ if any comfort from his love, if any common sharing in the spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, these are all things we should have because he has been empathetic towards us. We have the high priest who has been touched with our weaknesses, with our infirmities, and yet has gone to the high heavens and is seated before God on our behalf. We have that high priest. Then verse 2 Make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love. What same love? The love that Jesus had, we need to have as well. Having the same love, being one in spirit and of one mind, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourself, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interest of others. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset 
is Christ Jesus, our example. And so we know that he was empathetic towards us. We are to have this mindset towards others. And he goes on and he spells it out. Who being in very nature God did not consider equality with God something to be used to his advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant being made in human likeness. Emmanuel, God with us. We don't have a high priest who cannot be touched with our weakness, but in every way was tempted as we are, yet he did not sin. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross, a shameful death. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. How does this authority come to him? It comes to him by his submission to God and to others, by him humbling himself, taking on the role of a servant, by identifying with our weakness, by caring about us enough to care about what we go through. And this is why God has highly exalted him. And this is the mindset that we are to continue to carry. Even as last week we saw the hope of Jesus, God's kingdom has broken into the world And this is what it looks like. It looks like a man who humbles himself and becomes a servant. It looks like someone who cares enough to feel what you feel. It looks like someone who enters in and and steps into those shoes so that they can know who you really are. They can know what you're really going through and can then identify with you and bring with you forgiveness and hope. And that's why during this Advent season, we want to take this posture. We want to take on a posture that is empathetic to the needs of those around us. One of the things that we have done here at Genesis is when we want to start something up, it wants to follow our core values. The first one is that mission is why the church exists. Whatever we do, we want it to be something that anyone can come to and understand what we're doing. We want it to be something that cares about those who are outside of our four walls. And so when we wanted to to develop a women's ministry, it was with this intention in mind, that it would extend outside of ourselves, that we wouldn't just be a, a group of people that gathered and just had tea for ourselves. Not that there's anything wrong with tea for yourself, but it's not what we're about. We wanted it to be about us getting together and extending ourselves. Why? Because this is the example that Christ has given us. And so many of you ladies have been a part of Word and Deed and seen the things that you have done because it has been with this attitude and with this intention. And so I'm going to ask that Beth come up and share a little bit about what Word and Deed is doing and give you maybe even an invitation to participate in that. So let's welcome Beth as she comes up.
morning. Um, I know most of you already know that Word and Deed is deeds, but um, the Word and Deed is just a group of women gathering together, really just living our Christian walk together. We're in the Word together, we pray together, and then we talk about, get ideas, plan, and then actually do activities for the church community here and out in, um, in the Upland community and beyond. And whether you're a part of um, word or deed or not, formally, you've been a part of it already because we cross over a lot. One of the things a lot of you have already taken part in is the uh, Thanksgiving baskets that we took down to Foothill Family Shelter. And while Word and Deed gathered their own, we also made available the list of items that they requested, and we said, if you can't get the baskets put together and taken down there by yourselves, we'll do that for you. So some of you brought them here. We packed them up and got them down to Foothill Family Shelter just in, in the times that they needed. Right now, you're taking part in the Healthy Start Christmas gift program. And Pat Sherman and Rose and some other ladies stepped in and organized that this year. That's one of the Word and Deed activities that you guys have taken a huge part in as the gifts and the things, the information for the children that we're giving the gifts to was made available for you. You brought the gifts, you wrapped them up. Pat and Rose made sure that Genesis had brought everything that we had committed to. So every child that name that we took, we made sure there's gifts for. And this week they'll be putting together uh, just bags that those, because the kids all come from different families, but some are together, so they bag them up according to families, and they'll take them down to the Healthy Start office. And Stephanie mentioned it in her announcements, and Sam is having us do projects on Wednesday night midweek through December. So he said um, this week he wanted us to make, all of us, to make handmade cards that later on we'll be delivering to some senior homes. And so he said, would the Word Indeed ladies put together some craft items and sort of host that evening? So we are, and I hope so much you guys come. We'll have all the materials and craft table all set up. We'll have popcorn and hot chocolate and cookies for you. And so that's one of the ways you can step into some of the things we're doing. On Friday night, again, Stephanie mentioned that we're having our uh, Genesis Women's Christmas Gathering. And the Word Indeed ladies are baking and doing the dessert table. We'll be hostessing and doing some cleanup. And that's at 7 o'clock at the Genesis building. There's also, um, we're not having any fee for that because what we're hoping you'll do, and there is information about this at the next step, step table, bring a cleaning product and we will be putting together cleaning buckets that we, for, we've been doing this for an on for a couple of years now, supplying Foothill Family Shelter with cleaning buckets for their new residents when they um, are given the keys to their, uh, their new apartment. So what we want to do is draw you into one of those projects we're doing by bringing, bringing these cleaning items. We'll teach you how to make the buckets if you want. If you want to learn, we may come up sort of just like big gift baskets. And, you know, that's a really simple thing to do. But we've been told by um, Foothill Family Shelter that even though they're doing all the amazing work of providing the apartments and all the support services, that moment when they hand them that little blue bucket with those items in seems to be the moment that these people realize 
they have a home that they're able to do cleaning in. And it's just a moment that Genesis is able to step into and really touch lives. So you'll be taking part of that um, if you're bringing items on Friday night. And also, you've been a part of that, again, whether you know it or not, because even though we put the baskets together, Genesis has funded that, um, either just through we go out and buy the supplies. Chris and I have done it for a long time. Um, and then we get refunded. Or when you guys donate at our garden table, which is another thing that Word Indeed has done. I don't know if you've been here on the Sundays. This past year, we've had... Um, you know, somebody just said, you know what, we have a lot, like a couple hundred avocados. So we said, well, you know, let's put together produce and just offer it to the people of Genesis on a Sunday, um, our garden table. And you guys were very generous in donating. And we hope the produce and things blessed you. But that money then goes to some of the products. And some of that money has gone to the cleaning buckets that we've done. And I wanted to mention... And I know when Sam said you have five minutes, I thought once I get going, I'm going to tell you everything you guys can step in and do. Um, but if you do have an orange tree that's just, you've got all these bags of oranges, or if you have things, I know Mary and Adelio said, gosh, we have a lot of roses. How about when they're all blooming, we, we cut them up, we bring them here, and people can just take them and go out to convalescent homes and senior homes and just give people these beautiful bouquets of flowers. So if you have something that you think would be, um, you know, we could use and set up a garden table, just talk to me. We'd really appreciate that. Something else that we have done, and we are going to be doing again in January or February, we don't have a date yet, is an outreach to the homeless. And we just get in our cars, we have hot pots of coffee, we make breakfast sandwiches, we take little toiletry bags, and we just head out. We pray, we head out in different directions and ask the Lord to guide us to people who we could bless with this. And um, we will be doing that again in January or February. But I don't know if any of you know, but there's a little, I know you know because some of you bring this, but there's a little um, suitcase uh, on the back table there. It's right, it's actually up on that upper, right, right there, Mary. Um, every week, if, I don't know if you guys travel, if any of you travel and have extra hotel-sized toiletries that haven't been used, bring them because that's the perfect size for us to package up, which Word Indeed does. We package those up to give out to homeless people. It's not practical for them to have large sizes. So those little hotel sizes are perfect. And that's ongoing. That's back there every Sunday. So if you go on a trip or you're traveling frequently, just bring those and drop those in. We collect them and we, we bag them up. Something else that Word Indeed has been doing is uh, Rose and a group of gals have actually knitted 50 scarves in the last few months. Um, I know. <laughs> and we'll be giving some of those out when we, um, when we head out on our, um, you know, just with our coffee and breakfast sandwiches, we'll be giving toiletries and some of those scarves out. But she just told me this morning that, you know, they had enough that they actually included one for every child that uh, Genesis gave a Christmas gift to for, um, with Healthy Start. So I thought that was wonderful. Um, I just want to, I'm really, I don't really like to talk in front of people, but I really appreciate the opportunity to tell you guys about this because the theme, one of the theme verses of Word Indeed is Hebrews 10, 24. And it's, 
and let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. And when we are in word and deed together, we have this place in this time where we're actually saying, what can we do? You know, Sam, Sam pours this into us, and we, we want to reach out with hearts of empathy and love and action. So different, all sorts of different ideas come up. And it seems to have been that when someone has an idea and we're together, the gifts and the talents and the resources are then pooled. And what started as a wonderful idea ends up to be a much bigger, even better activity. And I'll tell you a little example of that. One of the projects that we're doing right now, it's very simple. Most of these things are really basic activities, but we write out Christmas cards and we bring them to a convalescent home in Ontario. We actually don't hand them out. The people there say, you know, there's a lot of very fragile residents here. Just bring us the stack of cards. There's a lot of people at this convalescent home. They get no cards. They get no visitors. So we bring 184 cards that we have handwritten, just encouraging words and Christmas blessings on. We were chatting about that on an evening that Miriam was with us, and she said, well, Herman and I own a card company, so how about if we bring 200 Christmas cards for you to write out? So that ended up being um, provision right there that we would have never known about if we weren't able to be together talking about that. Uh, and another time when we did the homeless outreach, I said, Let's just bring coffee and sandwiches. That was sort of my vision and hope. Let's just get in our cars and go out and do this. And someone said, let's do toiletries. And then someone said, you know, a lot of homeless people have dogs, and they're very concerned about not having food for their doggies. So those ladies put together bags of just little baggies of dog food that we provided. We also had someone say, I want to put together just some little feminine lotions and things for just the ladies. And there happened to be a lot of... Uh, there's a lot of women who are homeless that uh, stay over by Memorial Park. Then someone said, why don't we bring them jackets? We all have extra jackets at home. I said, well, sure. So it just started getting bigger. And we brought jackets. And during that um, week, someone stopped at a yard sale and told people what we were doing. And it was a big group yard sale. There was a ton of jackets. And they said, you can take as many jackets as you want for free. So we had like over 80 jackets. We just put them in the back of our cars, and people were trying on jackets, finding the ones they liked, finding the ones that fit them, and then we had extra jackets. So one of the gals said, I'll call thrift stores and find out who gives free things to homeless people. She did. She found a place in Rancho that gives out vouchers for clothes for homeless people, and she took those over there. So as I'm sharing these things with you today, it's really, there's really a lot more. But it's not so you just know what we've been doing. I really have prayed that you can step into some of these or we can join with ideas you have and um, we can just continue this activity of reaching out and putting our gifts together um, to just help our community and do these deeds. And I want to just finish with this. Um, we also do the word, and this is for you ladies. If you've never come, I want you to know what this is, what studying the word looks like at our Word and Deed events. We've done formal Bible studies before with workbooks and homework, and they've been wonderful. We loved it. But what seems to fit best with our women right now is a very flexible kind of study. You can come whenever you want. There is no homework. 
If you can only come one time a session, that's fine. We go through a book and we do our own research. We say we're beginning this book right now. We're in the book of Galatians. And we have done research of who wrote it, who it was written to, what are the times, what's the history. And if you're thinking, I don't know how to do that, we teach you how to do that. We do it together. We actually do this study together. Then we take time to just write out our own questions. After we read about 10 or 15 verses, we just say, what interests us? Or we have a question about it. And then we each, we take 20 minutes, just quiet on our own, because for some reason we have a difficult time finding that at home. And we just study on our own. We teach the ladies who are not used to using cross-references and concordances. We just help you out learning how to do that. Then we come back together. We talk about what we feel God has taught us. So what we're actually doing is teaching each other. We're learners and teachers together in the Word. So I know this went longer, Sam, but I really thank you for letting me just take this chance to tell you what we're doing. And we just hope, I hope that um, you, know, you step into some of these things with us. God bless you. Beth, time is not a problem. You can share as long as you'd like. Word indeed is really at the heart of what we've been wanting to do at Genesis. You know, again, our core values, mission is why the church exists. Love is the context of all mission. Structure must always submit to spirit. Spirit is God working in the individuals. All these things are being demonstrated by these ladies. The Celebrate Recovery group began with Corrine, Colleen, Marlene. You have to have an Ean in your name if you're going to be a part of this. Because there was the desire and the feeling to want to help those who are suffering in their hang-ups, their habits, their hurts. And, and it's a variety of things. Again, it's not just drug or alcohol problems. It, it has to deal with control issues. It has to deal with fear issues. It, it encompasses all those things. And so these ladies had the empathy for people in these situations and stepped into this role. And so today at 1.30, there's a group meeting having to celebrate recovery that's been going and ongoing. And there's something that we need to see is taking place. We, we see people who are touched and want to do something and then step into that role. I want to ask you, what moves you? When you think of empathy, what do you have empathy for? What would you like to see happen? Because if you're feeling that you want to see something happen, there's a good chance that God has put it on your heart to help make it happen. And that's where we get scared. But that's why we have each other. Even as Beth shared, one lady has a suggestion and another lady says, well, we can do that. I can help that. Hey, I've got that. I can knit scarves. Like, who knits scarves? They do. I never would have thought, let's knit some scarves. But when we step into this together, we're actually able to do a lot more. 
There's a quote by Walt Whitman. It says, I do not ask the wounded person how he feels. I myself become the wounded person. And I think that's something that we see what Jesus did. I, I don't see a broken humanity. I will become this broken humanity and take their pain and take their sin and bear that on the cross and deal with what they could not deal with, pay what they could not pay. And so we have the opportunity this season to, again, allow Christmas to change the world by stepping into the hurts and the needs of the world around us. I just heard of a group of men that were up in Portland that actually are working with the police department to stop sex trafficking. If that's something that you're interested in, let me know. I can steer you in a direction. And all these people do is put ads in the paper, paper that these people who are predators call. And when they call these people, they respond to them saying, hey, we know who you are. We know what you did. It's not good. They actually send them a file by a person who's been victimized in this. And they also give their number to the police department. And the police department sends them a letter saying, we're familiar with this activity and it's not good. And they've seen in that city alone the rate of people in that sex trafficking decline incredibly just because these men are putting out these ads and responding to these things in that way. There are so many things we can do you're compassionate and have empathy for those who are in the foster care system or those who are adopting, what would you like to see done there? Wouldn't it be great to, to have a relationship with a foster care home where they were able to trust us because they knew us because we were involved with them where we could say, hey, you know what? We want to put on a, a, an event where all the foster parents can have a night off and take two hours and we will watch the kids and we'll set up a time at a park or at a building where we will babysit all those children, have a movie and something for them to do, some food for them to eat, and have all these foster parents go and enjoy the night out. Wouldn't that be a wonderful thing to do? I got lots of ideas. But what drives you? What do you want to see done? Because that's what it comes down to. It comes down to how are you moved into the lives of people? What are you empathetic for? Just as Christ was empathetic towards us, understanding our hurts, our brokenness, and going to the cross on our behalf so that we could have confidence that we can go to God with all of our junk. What do you care about enough to step into? Because that's what this is about. Having the mind of Christ that we would become the servants of humanity. What would happen if the world knew that we were there to help them, to serve them, to care for theirs who are in need? What would it do? How would it change political structure if that was our mindset? And so, empathy, let it drive you to a place of servanthood. 
Let it move you to a place of compassion where you care. We had mentioned last week, take a child to lunch. We are trying to raise $5,000 for the lunch program for the children of Haiti. It will provide lunch for 28 weeks, for one day of a week for 120 children. 150 children, 150 children, one day a week for 28 weeks if we provided them $5,000. It would actually provide food for those who are making that for them as well. We, from last week, have raised $1,150, okay, in the one week. As we said before, if there are 100 of us who are a part of Genesis, and I know there are, we just don't always show up on the same Sunday, I say that because I'm trying to tell you, we need you next week too, right? If a hundred of us gave $50 in that one month, we would raise the $5,000. Some of you, I know $50 is maybe more than you can donate. Some of you, you can donate more. It's not a pressure thing, but I just let you know, together we can do this. And this is our way of stepping into Advent and saying, we're not going to just celebrate the birth of Jesus. We're going to further the empathy of Jesus to the world around us. Let's pray. God, we thank you that you care. Father, you don't just care in in a way that's mental ascension, Lord. You, You don't just know about our need. You have stepped into our lives. You have put on our shoes and you have been tempted like us, but you did not sin. And you have hurt like we hurt. You have been betrayed like many of us have been betrayed. You have experienced hunger and experienced poverty and experienced shame and experienced the things that break us and hurt us and cripple us. And you did that so that you could bring healing to us. And now we have the opportunity to not only recognize that you have done this for us, but we have the ability to do this for others. And I pray, Father, that we would step into this role, have this mind of Christ, that would take on the role of a servant. I ask the Lord you would continue to bless the women with word and deed, continue to bless the celebrate recovery, and that you would raise up other people who would want to step in and make a change because they feel the need, because they care so much that it hurts. God, give us that heart. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. You have been listening to the Genesis Podcast. We invite you to join us at one of our weekly gatherings. You can find more information at www.thegenesisstory.com as well as opportunities to help financially support this podcast. Thank you for listening.